0: We're hot. All right,
1: So's the tea.
0: Well, it's good that the tea is hot, although it's like 100 degrees outside.
1: Yes, but not in here. Thank God for good air conditioning. This week on the PlayEd Podcast, we begin our month of mystery with the classic board game, Clue.
0: Welcome to the play Ed Podcast, where we explore cultivating connections through play.
1: Hello and welcome to the Play Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Laura.
0: And I'm Chris.
1: And we're here today to explore cultivating connections through play. So I've got a quick bit of housekeeping to do before we get started. I was looking through my Apple Podcasts and I noted that if you look at our show on the Podbean app, you can find all of our helpful show notes. And if you go to some of the other podcatchers...
0: Like Apple Podcasts? Like
1: Apple Podcasts, they disappear and just become plain text.
0: They have no show notes.
1: Exactly. So, my temporary solution to this is I will be including in every show description the name of our show page, which is played.podbean.com.
0: Um, .podbean.com.
1: And I will have that there. That means that whatever podcatcher you're listening to us, if you go to our show page, you can find any of the handy notes and links that I linked to. Because with our last episode, we had links to some um,
0: videos and handouts and some bonuses from IEW. Uh, I know when we were talking about ACIS with GMT Games over the last few weeks, we had a whole wealth of links related to those. Uh, some,
1: some playthrough videos on YouTube, as well as um, a bunch of uh, development notes. So, for the sake of the audience... There's
0: a richer episode experience if you go to the show page for the notes.
1: Yes, Um, And I am looking at a longer-term solution to ensure that all of you get to have the full, full experience. A couple other things. I got a message today asking about a particular game. I'm so excited because it was one we were already talking about doing.
0: We got a message?
1: We got a message.
0: We've got a message? Yes. Isn't there like a Blue's Clues song about getting a message?
1: It's got. A, it's about a letter.
0: Oh, it's about a letter. Okay. Well, that's not quite the same. But and we got a message. We
1: did uh, asking um, actually about um, right start math, which uses games. Oh, okay. So my my short answer is yes. We do have that in our plans to cover. Um, We will be uh, We'll do
0: an episode on it. The next few episodes, we're going to focus on things like deductive reasoning, Mm -hmm. because this is rolling into October as we record this. And so we thought, what better theme around Halloween than to discuss mysteries? Yes.
1: But we do have plans in the future. And in the meantime, yes, definitely, you can always write to us if there are games that you'd like to request. Uh, We might be able to review them. We might, if we're unfamiliar, be willing to look into them. But we always love having audience contact. I will tell it to you now, and I'll also do it at the end of the show. If you want to write a request to us, you can write to us at playedpod at gmail.com. You are also free to message us on Twitter or Instagram through their direct messaging. Uh, our uh, handles for both of those are Play pod. And we, are, we have a Facebook page, Play Ed Podcast, which you can send to us, us messages. Any of those are ways that you can get in contact. Uh, if there is a game that you would like to hear us talk about, please let us know through that and we will put it into consideration. Also, we have a couple of updates about games that we have talked about in the past. Uh, Just last month, we were speaking with the developers of Ancient Civilizations of the Inner Sea, and the Vassal module is now live.
0: Yes, it is. And they are accepting pre-orders on the follow-up game, which they teased us with during the interview. The Ancient Civilizations of the Middle East is now accepting pre-orders.
1: Excellent. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, several episodes back, we talked about uh, that wonderful card game, Magic: The Gathering. I believe is part of a whole host of games that travel really easily. It's been twenty years since there has been a Magic: The Gathering game that I have been interested in doing. We we are the card
0: themed d- th- release. Yeah,
1: card themed release. I mean, we've been very much a let's buy lots of late '90s cards on eBay kind of people. They just released <laughs> Throne of Eldraine. Which is all fairy tale inspired, and...
0: Looking through the card manifest, it really is a very cool implementation of a whole bunch of fairy stories and related tropes within the context of Magic the Gathering. So, if you've got an interest in fairy tales, and have been on the fence about Magic the Gathering, this might be the set to start taking a look at. Yes. Um, otherwise, it may be worth keeping an eye out for some of those cards, or at least reading the card manifest to see how some of those um, tropes and illustrations and ideas that are de rigueur in fairy tales uh, make their way into a game setting.
1: It's certainly a variant that has made me completely reconsider the new um, the new elements of the game and be more than willing to to get back in. We'd even have one that might be tournament play. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) let us not go that way. I know
0: exactly how much it would cost us to get tournament-worthy decks for all the kids.
1: Yeah, no, not going Not
0: happening, no. (laughs) Don't go in there. Don't go in there.
1: But, as you had said just a few minutes ago, by the time that we publish this recording, it will be October, even if it doesn't feel like it in Texas.
0: Does it ever feel like October in Texas?
1: Usually like on the 29th or so it finally does.
0: I don't know. We've had some really, really hot Halloweens.
1: I can tell you that I have been Halloweens where I was really glad that everyone had decided to go with lightweight costumes. And then I remember the year that I went to the Boo at the Zoo Festival And everyone was... Was that
0: the day that it dropped 30 degrees in one afternoon and you had to, like, drive a pair of trousers to me for the office? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, the day started 85 degrees. I went to work in shorts and flip-flops like I normally do. Um, And yeah, by mid-afternoon, it had dropped 30 or 40 degrees and... I'm pretty cold-hardy. I'll wear shorts down into the 40s. But once you start approaching 32, I usually want something on my legs. So, yeah, Yeah. you had to drive some trousers out to the office.
1: Yes, October in Texas is the month that starts in the 90s and ends in the 30s. Sometimes
0: in the same day.
1: Yes. So.
0: But it being October, Halloween, and for a lot of people that means horror... Uh, we're generally not big horror fans Not a fan of horror films Not a fan of horror novels I um, have a friend who wrote A very interesting horror novel Several years ago um, It was okay to read But not, you know horror is not my thing mystery, our, kid, our kids aren't even really into horror no. But mystery Mysteries we have long been interested in And... Along with that crisp autumn weather and the change of leaves, there's something about entering autumn that just says to me, we really need a good mystery.
1: And what better mystery game to start with than Clue? So, as we were compiling our list of games that might fit this theme, we thought there's no other place that you possibly could start. For... I'm... I know we had a copy in my childhood because we played it all the time. Yes. And I would guess for a good amount of our audience, this is probably one of the games you've actually played.
0: It's one of those games that, like Monopoly, is ubiquitous in the American experience of the last, say, 40-odd years.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and for good reason. It is, its It has been around since uh, 1949, it was first manufactured uh, in England um, then and has been... But it has a
0: different name in England, doesn't it?
1: In England, it's known as Cluedo, which is playing off the fact that the Latin word for game is Ludo. And so it's giving you the idea of it's a game about clues.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. And fun. I like wordplay.
1: I love wordplay. So it's currently owned and published by uh, Hasbro.
0: What do they not own?
1: That is a good question. It seems like practically everything.
0: I, I, I'm almost thinking we, I'm sure it would bore our audience, but you know, this is your opportunity to warn us off from this, is write us in and let us know if you think this is a horrible idea, but maybe we should do an episode on like the history of game companies and how Hasbro came to own everything. <laughs>
1: That is a good question, but regardless, Hasbro does currently own and publish it. Um, It Was originally
0: Parker Brothers in the U.S.?
1: I'm trying to... I'm looking through the Wikipedia right now. Uh, Yes, it was developed in 1944 by Anthony Pratt, an English uh, musician who applied for a patent for the invention of a murder mystery-themed game. Originally named Murder, and I don't know that it would have lasted anywhere near as long had it been called that. There were several differences between the original game concept and the one that initially published in 49. The original design actually called for 10 characters. okay One of whom was the victim by random drawing.
0: Oh. So
1: it almost reminds me of the sort of murder mystery dinner theater things.
0: Well, yeah, I mean there's there's um I remember as a
1: kid,
0: Um, I did a workshop on, like, mysteries and mystery writing and so forth. Um, When I was a kid, the University of New Orleans offered summer classes that were, like, enrichment-oriented. I was, like, the only eight-year-old or seven-year-old in a bunch of these classes with adults and stuff. But I remember we played a game of murder with the class where someone was randomly chosen by the organizer to be the murderer... And they would run around, you know, we kind of milled about the room pretending to talk to each other, and they would shake hands with us and give some sort of sign, and then like three hands later we were supposed to drop dead or whatever in order to compel the 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 people remaining to figure out who the murderer was before they killed more of them.
1: I know this game. That's what VersaPellas is. Oh,
0: okay. Well, I was taught it as murder when I was like seven years old in a class full of adults doing summer enrichment classes. Yeah,
1: VersaPellas is just, uh, it's it's Latin for changer—it means werewolf, and it's just a, um, a a werewolf-themed version of the game that you play in Latin for Latin classes. And but you it,
0: played it last year. I
1: played it last year when I went to the Latin—the um,
0: Biddowam Oklahomaensis. Yes, sweet.
1: So yeah, same same exact idea. It's a it's a it's a parlor game, and in fact, it was a, just such a parlor game that inspired him to come up with the original idea.
0: Okay. Well, that was L.A. by way of Omaha.
1: It was originally marketed as the great new detective game upon its launch in 1949. Editions. Parker Brothers did, in fact, have it. You're right. So
0: the many classic Parker Brothers games that's become a standard and is now the rights to it are owned uh, in the U.S. by Hasbro.
1: Yes, like I said, Hasbro owns everything. But we shouldn't say too much bad about Hasbro. Maybe someday we can get them to talk to us. So... Cheers to you for keeping the game alive.
0: I'm glad it's still in print. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Gameplay, however, is pretty much unchanged since it originally started, provided you are playing the original game.
0: Which is kind of hard to find in some ways.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, because what you have is that if you look for the one that is marketed as it should say something like the classic mystery game.
0: Right, but that one... I thought they changed the gameplay as well when they came out with the updated editions that they still bill as the classic mystery edition.
1: Oh, it added several variations, actually.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: And they've had several spin-offs as well. So, let's start with the game that we actually started playing as children because that's, I think, the starting place. Clue is a classic game of deduction. You are handed pieces of information. Essentially every time you're holding a card and clue, that is a card that you know by default cannot be the murder weapon, murderer or location or location, which are the three things that you're trying to find out so that you can win the game. You travel around the game board, because you can only make a... St- which
0: in the original version of the game is a mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, think Gosford Park if you're looking for a movie. Um, or any of your sort of Agatha Christie, stereotypical... Weekend
1: at the Country Manor. Yes. You travel around this game board, which represents the rooms of a mansion. And you can make suggestions as to who you think may have committed the murder with what... Where?
0: In an effort to figure out who committed the crime with what weapon in what room, which is, how do you explain it? I mean, you pull the cards out of the three decks and stick them in the envelope before gameplay begins, then you shuffle.
1: Correct. You shuffle the cards among Dario's players, so you start out with a small bit of information that you already know. So if I look at my hand, and I have a wrench, and a lead pipe, and the conservatory...
0: And Professor Plum, then you know it can not involve any of those.
1: And I can use a note sheet to note to myself that these ones can be safely eliminated. But I don't know anything else.
0: What's in the other player's
1: hands... And so the aim of the game is that as you travel around the game board making suggestions, you are trying to determine how much do the other people know and how can I get that information to them. So you have to use a degree of strategy in what kind of questions you want to ask and where you want to travel. As well as using the work of process of deduction to from that information determine that if it's if these five weapons weren't used, then the sixth remaining weapon must, must must be the one.
0: So, it's a game that will cover things like deductive logic with lots of practicum, uh, as well as observational and strategic thinking skills. Mm-hmm. Um, you move around by dice roll, so there is some luck involved in being able to move the number of spaces you need to get from point A to point B, um, and also figuring out how to structure your questions so that you don't reveal what's in your hand by the questions you're asking in order to figure out, to, to solve the mystery in the course of play. hmm So.
1: I think that the thing to keep in mind that deduction as a skill is one that requires a lot of development on the one hand it seems very simple.
0: It's simple if you're provided all the facts, but at that point you're not actually deducing anything. You're simply drawing the logical conclusion from the presented facts. Mm-hmm. Deduction means you have to assume facts not in evidence or you have to piece together the pieces of information you don't have.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're basic and you're learning some of the most basic elements of logic. If Professor Plum is in my hand, Professor Plum can't be the murderer, is the most simple element of logic. Any card held by the players cannot be the cards that are in the case file. Right. So, it sounds really simple when you've been doing it for years, but my memory of being a child playing this game was that it actually is a pretty sophisticated leap to make that recognition.
0: Yes, it requires a great amount of abstract thinking, which really kind of brings up what what age is this appropriate for. Uh, officially, Hasbro says this is ages 8 and up. Um, I recall... I was probably 6 or 7 when I started playing, but I don't think I really started to get the hang of it till I was around 10 or 12.
1: hmm Now... I would say that from playing the game, my favorite part of it were those secret passages. Yes. And that's because the secret passages allow for also that element of strategy that gets played in the game. Because your deductive reasoning has to be supported not merely by the information, but how you go about gathering it. Mm -hmm. There's a certain amount of luck involved. You roll a die and that determines how many spaces you can move in your turn. The question is, where are you moving to? And the secret passages allow you to move across the game board and get quickly, so if you're... If
0: you're in a certain room, you can move to a certain other room, predetermined, on the opposite side of the board.
1: So if I'm in the study, and I want to get to the dining room, it's faster to go to the kitchen by way of secret passage and then move, rather than trying to go all the way through the game board. The
0: trade-off is you forego a die roll in order to make that secret passage move.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But... If the distances look right, it may be far more advantageous to do it that way. Mm -hmm. And so you've got deduction being taught. You've also got skill. You also have bluffing. Because if you have a card in your hand, then you know a piece of information. That's not necessarily a piece of information that you want to tell the other players. So asking a question about a card that you already know is eliminated... Does makes it a little harder for them to realize that that piece can safely be taken off the board, so to speak.
0: You can create some confusion among other players once you become a more mature and savvy player of the game. Mm
1: Hmm. But I think it's I think at the heart of it is that element of deductive reasoning. And yeah, I seem to remember six or seven. Actually, yeah, probably six or seven. I know that we moved when I was seven and we were probably playing it by then. Because that and Monopoly were were our go to board games and Clue was one of the ones that was sort of a, a vacation and um you know, if we if we traveled, that was one of the games that you would play.
0: Yeah, it was a staple with uh one of my childhood best friends and I. We played Clue all the time and we liked watching the movie, which was available on VHS by that point with all, all three, three endings. endings. So That was delightful. You know, looking back as an adult, it's like, wow, I didn't get a fraction of the jokes that were in that movie. But it did make playing the game a lot more fun. Mm
1: -hmm. That's actually one of the things that I will definitely need to put a link to in the show notes, because I loved that, and yes.
0: And our kids love the movie now.
1: (laughs) And I think, as I said, the nice thing about it is the jokes are written in such a way that, like all good movies that are well-written... It's funny, and all of the implied humor that might be on the risque side is done in such a way that you really do have to be of a certain age to get it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what kind of pitfalls do you think uh, parents might run across if they want to introduce Clue to their kids?
1: Well...
0: And I'm going to say that, you know... If if the parents are in our age cohort, they might want to look for uh, the 1986 um, classic version mm-hmm. um, through their, their game supplier of choice uh, rather than some of the newer updated ones with what are supposed to be shinier graphics. But from what I've seen, they... they it just it just doesn't feel right. I, I like that that classic look and feel. And aesthetics, as we've mentioned on other episodes, are a huge deal. Um, I think quite frankly, the current production runs from Hasbro have terrible aesthetics. Um, and I think they detract from the game. Uh, they attract they detract from its enjoyability, from its replayability, uh, changing the uh, rooms, the room names, um, in some cases redo altering the layout um, all those I think are intended to make it more appealing to hip modern people um, but I think part of the charm at least for me when I think about it is that this was a game that taught me to ask what is a conservatory what is a billiard room and what do you do in a billiard room and why would a why would a a, a, a house have a billiard room mm-hmm. Um you know uh,
1: that, and I think the thing that struck me most is that I was always a kid who loved old-fashioned things, which was one of the reasons I loved it. I imagined the house that when I saw the movie Clue, it's like, yes, yes, this is the house I was imagining. Yes, it was. It was old. With I was so
0: sad when I learned it really was a set. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then the and then the actual house they used for the exteriors burned down.
1: Alas, but there's something about. You know, those old Victorian mansions, or even older, older mansions if you go look to those great houses in England, but with secret passages and wood and paneling and...
0: Well, and and, and that's the thing, is that, you know, getting into that aesthetic question that you can make... The, the We ran into this when we were working in theater, that there's always this desire to update a play because that'll make it... Appeal to modern audiences, which isn't true. It can make it incomprehensible, it can make it lame, but it never makes a good play better, and it doesn't make a bad play good. Games work the same way. If you update the aesthetics in order to conform with the hip postmodern culture of ugliness we're surrounded by, then at the end of the day, you're going to deprive people of one of the principal reasons to pull a board game out, which is to escape from the milieu they're immersed in, and enjoy pretending to be other people someplace else with other concerns.
1: More importantly, if I want to imagine a mansion, I want to imagine this creaky old Victorian that's been kept running by some vi- v- butler who's a relic of a bygone era. Era, Not a McMansion you that was sw- built by a contractor in 2005. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, and unfortunately, looking at the mansion board in one of the more recent... Um, Versions of the game where they they subbed out Ms. White for Doctor Orchid. No,
1: it wasn't that one. Oh, it wasn't that one. That one still has the normal game arrangement. It was actually the other one that still has the original character names, but has the optional boardwalk board uh, game. Oh, okay. See, I can't even keep them
0: straight. Just give me the nice long rectangular box, bifold. Yeah, with the tile floor in the hallway.
1: And, and and that's how you can... I'm going to h- be
0: cranky and grumpy about this. I, <laughs> I Yes,
1: which you are allowed to be. As I was mentioning earlier with, <laughs> ma- with the Magic the Gathering cards, every time that there's an option between a modern update, recent release, and something that we bought 20 to 30 years ago, I don't even have to ask.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right, so...
1: As far as how to keep it in the fun zone, besides having the fun of your kids listen to parents argue about how things were so much better in the old days. Uh, And get off
0: my lawn!
1: (laughs) For recommended age, I do suspect that that eight for most kids is probably going to be about that because deductive reasoning as a developed skill does take some time to get into place, and some of the pieces may not be in place until about 8.
0: And it's not something you can force. When we talk about some of the pieces being in place for deductive reasoning, we're talking about neurological development in a child that can't be hastened. No amount of listening to Mozart or putting your kids in, you know preschool-type classes is going to accelerate the, the neurochemical development and the physical development of the brain that enables that kind of abstract thinking. So, if your kids aren't ready for Clue, be patient.
1: Mm-hmm. Try
0: again in six months or a year.
1: Yeah. Other common- And
0: we will have some games we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks that would be appropriate for helping to teach younger children deductive reasoning.
1: Yes, So, most common pitfall, I would say, is that like all other competitive games...
0: Somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. That can cause tears, especially if the child realizes that mom and dad or older siblings' ability to engage in deductive reasoning far outpaces their own.
1: Correct. So, keep that in mind. Gauge your children. If you know you've got a hyper-competitive child... Um keep that in mind. If you know you've got a kid who gets upset if they're if, because they tend to prefer those cooperative games, keep that in mind. Maybe this is not the right time. They may still need some growing up before they're able to handle the loss. Um, other common pitfalls. There is that element of luck. The notes that the gameplay can be between 10 and 60 minutes.
0: I always remember Clue games taking a long time, with moving between rooms in order to do the deduction being the most time-consuming point.
1: So keep in mind what that time limit is. Assume it's going to be on the longer end, so that you don't end up with this, Hey, we've got 30 minutes, what can we do? 30 minutes pass, you need to load the car to get to soccer practice or violin practice or whatever. And you've got a half-finished board game, and now everyone's upset because they don't know who's going to win.
0: Something we did when I was a kid, uh, at one point, we would roll the dice and then double the number of moves we could take from the die roll. Um, The other thing we did is we just doubled the dice. It didn't occur to us to add a third, but since we had a Monopoly set with two dice, take the Monopoly set, take the clue set, you roll four dice, everybody gets to move four D6 around the board. That sped things up. Um, but in some ways the game length really is dictated by how many clues are the players starting off with, how closely are they keeping those to the vest, and how quickly can one of the players figure out what's in that envelope in the center of the board.
1: Yes, because... To some degree, what makes the game run faster is your observation of the questions the other players are asking and what
0: results they get
1: and trying to make leaps of logic as not not only they, but you ask or rather not only you, but they ask questions with younger, less experienced players. They're not going to be able to make those leaps. You've got the risk that you as the parent with better, more developed deductive reasoning skills might be winning the game more often. Keep that in mind. It may be better to act as a referee and guide rather than playing with them. In which case, have a number of people who can play. You want to try to keep things on an even playing field.
0: Playing teams.
1: Playing teams would also be another good way to do that.
0: Um, and then, as as I've alluded to, there are some other games we're going to talk about that I think um, do as good or better a job. Uh, one of my complaints about Clue, when I was playing it in my late teens... 16, 17 years old, again with friends all in our late teens towards the end of high school. One thing we all noticed was that the games became fairly repetitive. There's a very limited number of of suspects, a very limited number of clues, a very limited number of potential locations for the murder. One of the... Solutions was to release Clue Master Detective, which was an expanded game, accommodates up to 10 players. Um, that was
1: one we had. I remember when we when we got that copy, because we'd had the classic version. Okay. And then someone gave us Christmas, a birthday, something like that. We got Master Detective. It's like, there's a Miss Peach? And, and it had updated artwork. So... It went from being that artwork that was very reminiscent of the 1940s, 50s of the original to it looked very 1980s. Mm-hmm. It was very 1980s. Um, but I do remember... Like something
0: out of Dallas.
1: Yes! It did look like something out of Dallas. But I remember having that and liking having... <laughs> it, it was nice because we were a family of five people. We could play the game. But if you had enough friends over, being able to include a, a seventh or eighth person... Right. Nice
0: thing. So, Clue Master Detective added in more suspects. I believe it added more weapons and a few more rooms. That was one I always wanted but never got a hold of. Uh, When I was looking on Amazon earlier today, I saw that it's available. Mm -hmm. Um, You can still get the classic 1986 edition that I remember playing as a kid. You can get Clue Master Detective. Um, Both look really good. And then there are other games you can play that add more complexity to the deductive process. Uh, And we'll talk about some of those in the coming weeks. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, I did notice that 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 version of Clue that we were looking at today that had that alternate board, you basically trade out the mansion cards for the boardwalk cards. That was, as far as I can tell, one of Hasbro's solutions to the whole how do we improve replayability? Well, have a second location. Okay. Um, So that it's clearly one that as the game goes on. And then, of course, with Clue... How many different variants did we see where it basically changed set dressing?
0: Yes. And that's become very common with a lot of the classic games and now you can get Monopoly and Risk and Clue and uh, several others where, you know, there's this licensed property that's really a, that's a really popular TV show and then there's this other licensed property that's a a a, a worldwide phenomenon sci-fi fantasy Movie series, and you know, and they don't even file the serial numbers off on these things. Oh, you
1: and, and my personal favorite was the popular 1970s children's cartoon show version.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw one, uh, about, um, uh, a very popular costume soap opera involving uh, aristocrats in England in the uh, early 20th century version of Clue. Which, that might actually work. I mean, because that that's kind of the milieu that the designer was coming out of to produce the original game in post-war Britain in the first place.
1: hmm I'm keeping that one in mind. But... You can certainly, if you're looking at this game, but want something that's got a slightly different spin, there's a number of different license variants that have that. And I know that there's some other versions of the game that have taken it off in different directions. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But
1: in terms of the core rule set, it's a classic for a reason. And easy
0: to learn, easy to play.
1: And a good beginning place for learning those elements of deductive reasoning of if it's this, it can't be that.
0: Right, right.
1: I think that's probably a good place to uh, wrap up for today. We will certainly be continuing on this month of mystery with other games that cover deductive reasoning. Uh, But now it is time for you to talk to us. All of the games we've mentioned today can be found in the show notes. Um, If you have others that you would love to hear about, Again, you can write to us at playedpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PlayEdPod. Our Facebook page is PlayEdPodcast. Please tell us your thoughts. And until next time, thanks for listening.
0: Take care. Bye. Did you see I threw Clue Retro 1986 and Clue Master Detective into the Amazon cart?
1: I did see that.
0: We could probably just get one or the other. Probably. Master Detective accommodates up to ten players. Oh,
1: is that the one that added all the new characters? Yeah. Like Peach? Yeah. I remember that We had that one.
0: Okay. Yeah. That was the one I always wanted as a kid.
1: Yeah, I remember we had that and when we first saw it, it's like, what? There's extra people?
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's more rooms, more weapons, more suspects, so it's a harder game, but it accommodates more players. Mm Mm-hmm. We have nothing on the history of Clue. I was just looking at our show format, and we can't talk about the history.
1: It is amazing what you can do with Wikipedia history. All right. So I had a little bit of housekeeping to do before we start into today's main topic, Uh, A couple of things. One, I realized as I was looking through my iTunes the other... It's not called iTunes anymore, is it? No. I
0: don't know. I don't use Apple stuff.
1: I think they now call it Apple Podcasts. I'm old. Anyways, I noticed looking through... Let us just start that over.